I'm Hillary from London. And I'm Sandra from Ottawa. And on this episode of the Quick and the Dirty podcast, we're going to talk about working relationships and we're going to welcome an HR expert to talk about workplace romances and workplace relationships. We'll also speak to a couple that had their own business together and maintained a marriage while they had it. Can you imagine working with your spouse every day, Sandra? I don't even want to think about it. You know, mama needs her me time, Hillary. Not for me. It's not for me. <laughs> the Quick and the Dirty Podcast with Hillary Welch and Sandra Plagakis. Before we get into all of that, we're going to talk about what happened this week. This is where we go through how we failed at life. Well, <laughs> let me start in that case. <laughs> I'll take this one, Hillary, if you don't mind. With one question. Let me start with a question. Does it make me an old lady if I like to pickle beets? It's so funny because I wanted to talk about pickle beets today as well. I, what kind of podcast is this? <laughs> um, Do you want? Wait, are you going to talk about them in a positive light? <laughs> I need to know. I need this right now, and I'd like it's to set semi-positive, but also Aww. terrifying. You know, when I tell people that I pickle beets, I immediately see a change in the way that they see me. And it hurts me a little bit because I think pickled beets are delicious. Uh, it's cost effective to pickle beets. I enjoy the canning process. I enjoy going to the farm to get my bushel of beets every year. And I just enjoy the sense of accomplishment in pickling my beets. <laughs> this is I very do. detailed into why you like to pickle beets. I've Let's say it one more time. <laughs> I've been pickling beets for a long time, okay? And I used to pickle uh, everything, but then I decided, no, I'm really just a beet pickler. That's who I want to be. And it's once a year, I spend a Saturday, and I just pickle. I just like to pickle, Hillary. That's all yeah, it is. Yeah, and then you show up to work the next day, and it looks like you murdered someone because your <laughs> hands right. are tied red. <laughs> or it's all over my kitchen walls. It does look like a crime scene afterwards. <laughs> yeah, pickling isn't pretty. Okay, so a couple of weeks ago, my friend Kelly, who has been on our podcast before, she had me over and taught me how to pickle beets. <gasps> and it was like a fun little girl's day. Yeah. And I was thinking it's kind of a lost art. Like th these are the things we no longer do because it's so easy to go to the store and just buy whatever you need. But I will say beets, store-bought beets, they don't compare. Thank you. That's exactly why I do it, because they don't compare. Pickles, I can't make them better than Bix. I cannot do better than Bix, so I stop pickling pickles. But beets, you're right, next level. Good, good. We they're don't crisper. What? They're crisper. Yep. They're sweeter. Yeah. They're more delicious. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. But mine, actually, I wouldn't even describe mine as crisp, Hillary. Mine will melt in your mouth. It's a sexual experience when you have my beets. I don't know if I'll like your beets. I like mine to still have a little bit of texture. Do you? I mean, then I must be overboiling my beets. I get, I get sidetracked. <laughs> I usually boil my beets the night before, and then I'm drinking wine, and then I'll right? forget about the beets, and I'll be like, oh, they're awfully soft, but whatever. <laughs> but yeah. Wouldn't be the first thing that got soft around yeah. me. <laughs> I'm sorry. But Can I get a rim shot? How are we going to keep people <laughs> into this podcast if we talk about pickled beets? I will I say know. there is a danger with beets. I got hungry yesterday and opened my first jar and they were so delicious. Yeah. I polished off a good half a jar of beets this morning. <laughs> I wake up and uh, you do your morning pee. I thought I was dying. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, my kidneys. I finally had too much wine. <laughs> It's over. It's over. It's over. They couldn't they couldn't break it down. That's it. I'm done. <laughs> I really thought yeah. I had a problem and then I remembered we had beets. 
You know, I I was about to start talking more about some beats, and now the little voice in my head is like, girl, you can't make beats interesting. That's it. You're out. I got nothing. (laughs) But yeah, that's what I do. I pickle beats, and I get judged harshly for it every single year. But I will say this. Honestly, Hillary, don't we all, whatever age you're at, don't we all do one thing that kind of of makes us an old lady? I do about 12. (laughs) Um, Cross-stitch. I know a lot of young women who are starting cross-stitch. And I'm like, what are you, 100? And they look at me like... Yeah, because it's sassy cross-stitch. Yeah, that's right. swear words on little rounds. (laughs) Yeah, cross-stitch that says, go F yourself. (laughs) It's not your mother's cross-stitch, that's for sure. A lot of knitters. A lot of knitters, yes. There's a lot of, like, the the pickling, the knitters, the cross-stitch, those things are somewhat making a comeback, but it's all in the same vein of crafting somewhat, too. You know what I mean? Well, I think we're coming back to doing things for ourselves. Yeah, that's right. And you do pottery. Yeah, it's another grandma. Actually, it's not really a grandma hobby. It takes a lot of physical strength. Oh, well, but when it I think seems of pottery, like a grandma ho- hobby. I always think of the movie Ghost, and I think Everybody that it's sexy, and that, but it's never like that, is it? No, it's dirty and smelly. <laughs> Everything smells like mold and sulfur, Ugh. and there's just mud everywhere. Usually, I have mud handprints on my butt. <laughs> Do the Everly Brothers play anywhere in the background? <laughs> Only if you sing to me while I'm <laughs> Wow, this, this podcast is the least sexy podcast we've ever done. <laughs> We can do better. We'll do better next time. (laughs) Well, it's because the actual dirty for this week's podcast, our main topic is a little bit sexy, and it's about sex making its way into the workplace. There's a lot to learn today. So is it okay to have a relationship in the workplace? And what are the rules of relationships now that we're in 2018? Because it feels like uh, all of the rules have kind of changed. Uh, We're very excited about today's guest. This is Karen Brownrigg. She is the founder and CEO of IHR Advisory Services Ottawa. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome, Karen. So you have an advisory service. So you're the person people email when they're like, oh, my God, this is happening in my office and I have no clue what to do. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We get those emails, phone calls and texts at all hours of the day because there is no hours of operation when it comes to relationships in the workplace. So when we talk about relationships in the workplace, I think about romantic relationships. I realize that there is a million different kinds of relationships we have with our coworkers. But let me just start off with one blanket question. Is it okay to have a romantic relationship with someone that you work with? My answer to that is always going to be, it depends. Oh, that's no fun, Karen. (laughs) So it's totally a gray area. I would imagine it depends on what kind of work you're doing, who is in what position, whether somebody's in charge, and what your company's policies are. For sure. For sure. That's a good starter. And I would add something else to that. I would add, is there any impact to uh, other people? So is it impacting morale? And is it impacting your work or someone else's work? That's really the first test that you need to be able to answer. So what about asking somebody that you work with out? Let's say you're equal in the company and uh, nobody's anybody's boss. And uh, there's a cute guy that you want to ask out. And you do. And uh, maybe you read it wrong and he's not into you. Um, Do you have a problem after that? Hopefully not. Hopefully you're keeping it discreet and you're not bringing it into the workplace. Lots of people meet at the workplace. Lots of people can handle a relationship at the workplace and keep it 
private and keep it discreet. What happens is, is if that starts to go south and that relationship now is turned sour and they're bringing that into the workplace, then it becomes a workplace matter. Right. So it's people not being mature enough to handle a breakup. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, what are all of the other policies? So are they using the 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 assets at, at the workplace to communicate? So are they using the computer system? Are they using the cell phones? Are they texting? How much distraction is happening? Um, the more they engage in that way, the more it becomes a workplace issue. Uh, oh, you know, I never even thought about the email thing. Mm-hmm. So you, if you use your work email to communicate with someone in your work that is not work-related, is that's actually a problem? That's actually a problem. But Most, how often do you t- maybe email your spouse? Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? Usually there's a policy, and I say usually, uh, that really defines how much you can use the the computer system and the phone system for for personal use. You know, people realize that we have lives and work and play always interact with one another. So, what's reasonable in terms of how much you're using that? So, you might take a call from home, for instance, and talk about you know um, whatever the, the kids dropping the kids off or something with one of your parents an issue, something you've got to deal with, that's fine. But when it starts to become excessive and it starts to affect you in a way that's distracting you from your work or it's affecting your colleagues. So maybe you're not getting your work done and your colleagues are now having to pick up the work where you're not, where you're not pulling your weight, then it becomes a workplace issue. And also how much you're using the cell phone or the computer system for personal use is going to be defined um, by what's acceptable in the policy. uh, You know, what you just said sounded really scary to me because Mm -hmm. now you're making it sound like our bosses are monitoring our emails. You technically don't have a right to privacy when you're using uh, work assets. So uh, a computer that's been issued by by the company, a cell phone that's been issued by the company, you technically don't have a right to privacy. It is a business tool. So you're telling me that at any given time, my employer could tap into my email to see what I'm up to. They really should have a reason to do that. Uh, If they're seeing that your work productivity is affected or there's been a complaint, typically you'd want to have that kind of a process. You don't want to be monitoring just for the sake of monitoring because that's, you know, you're not going to be setting the right tone in terms of a healthy workplace morale if 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 big brother's watching all the time hey hillary if anybody tapped into your work email what are they going to find <laughs> come uh, on girl they're going to say they're going to find very idiotic emails between you and me that's well, yeah i was going to say <laughs> they probably wouldn't pass through an hr filter but when they realize it's consensual i think we're okay <laughs> that's right i like to call her names and i like to write them out <laughs> hey b what's going on this morning okay that's good to know we're fine about that but I, that is still concerning that at any given time they don't necessarily need a reason to they should but they don't right noted (laughs) also this is like a real example to me on a bigger on a bigger uh, topic never leave a paper trail people have we learned nothing seriously right i know honest to god and the other rule is you're going to send a new don't put your face in it but that's (laughs) here's my here's my feeling on workplace monitoring yeah if they really want to find a reason to let you go they're going to find it yes Unless you're truly causing a problem at work, you're probably okay. I agree. So, yeah, yeah. Remember that, Hillary. (laughs) (laughs) 
Okay, Karen, I, I have to ask, what is, I mean, you've got over 20 years of experience with HR. I feel like you've seen it all at this stage of the game. Pretty much. You, you've probably seen the worst of the worst of the worst of workplace behavior, a lot of sketchy and shady things. What is the shadiest thing? Come on, let's get into it. <laughs> let's get dirty right now. Uh, okay, so the shadiest one, um, two managers who had been married uh, to each other for over 10 years. He had an affair with one of her subordinates. Ooh. Oh, yeah. scandalous. Keep yeah. going. <laughs> and it was in a high security environment. <gasps> so uh, there was a requirement for them to div- divulge any relationships even if they were if there even if there wasn't a power differential between a manager and an employee Ooh. because of the security you you have to be coming clean on that kind of stuff so right. if there's some sort of a relationship then you're supposed to be kept separate so it was pretty much that one was pretty much the perfect storm um the wife found out and it created a bit of a storm in the workplace because, of course, that went viral amongst the members of the team. People decided they were going to see which camp they were in. And within a week, they had a complete meltdown in terms of the morale at work. Now, were they, I guess you can't give any details, were they company owners or just upper execs? Uh, these were middle managers Ooh. in an organization. Uh, yeah. And did it end in a firing or a job loss of any kind? Yes. Did somebody get fired? Let me guess. The person who had the affair with the husband lost her job. No, he did. He? Good. Yeah. yeah. Good. I, see, I, w- I would have gone the other way because, I mean, we used to live in that world, right? Where yeah. the subordinate would lose their job for speaking up about it. Well, this one was on my watch. <laughs> hey, girl. That's right. Usually, wow. actually, usually that subordinate would just quit to avoid the hassle. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's often that's often the case. So, unfortunately. So yeah. he. OK, I got I love this drama, Hillary. I mean, I'm just I'm just trying to be clinical here. People science. Um, he loses his job. Mm-hmm. The subordinate stays on and in some capacity has to work around the wife. Yes. And did they stay married? No, they didn't. No. Yeah. Oh, I get, you can't after that, no, right? You can't. No, no. That was pretty messy. Oh, yeah. Did yeah. did the subordinate and the wife have to be separated in the company? Because there's no way you could take instruction from somebody. Yeah, they were. They The, the subordinate did not report to the wife. There was another way of having her report elsewhere. But they did have to um, kind of air their differences in a way that would allow them to continue to work together uh, and not, you know, not bring all of that baggage into play because oh. the rest of the team is still yeah. watching, right? They're still yeah. being watched. Hillary, could you work with someone who had an affair with your guy? Yeah. <sighs> I don't think so. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah. I would slash and burn. I would. I mean, <laughs> I really would. That would be my first instinct would be yeah. to slash and burn. I'd, I'd come to my senses, but probably it would be way too late. Yeah. It would get ugly for sure. I just, I feel badly for everyone involved because everyone's going, everyone else on the team is going to have their own opinions on who's at fault and and what the situation was and whether the wife was being a B because she decided to report it or, you know, it's so much shame and everybody knows your business. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's the wor- the worst part to me isn't the fact that they had an affair because that happens all the time. I suspect mm-hmm. the worst part is that everybody knows about it. And then you have to go into work every day and make a living. And, and well, yeah, and those two things should be separated and they're not. Exactly. And add to the fact that this was also in a small town. <gasps> oh, wow. Wow. Oh, that, yeah. I didn't, oh my God. That's yeah. just scandalous. Yeah. yeah. I would die. Mm-hmm. I feel so badly for the wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel badly yeah. for the subordinate as well, because nobody's going to let their husband near her. No, like exactly. she can't be around anybody's husband. Uh, I don't know about that, Hillary. She was a grown woman who had an affair with a married man and she knew what she was getting into. I don't feel that badly for her. Although maybe you're right. Maybe the punishment doesn't fit the crime. In like the she's end. going to be the one who's ostracized. Probably not the guy because the guy's friends yeah. are high fiving. Probably. Probably. Yeah, the, other, the other thing, too, is, is from an organizational perspective is the manager is always whether you're male or female, going to be held to a higher uh, standard of behavior because they're supposed to be role modeling the policies. And if they know that they are attracted to someone, they need to come clean on that. And there needs to be a discussion and some rational decisions need to be made about how to handle it in a way that's in everyone's best interest. And if only that would have happened in this case. There were so many ways to go around that that could have prevented that termination and all of that dirty laundry that got aired in front of in front of the team. It really was. I have a question for you, Karen. So say a, a supervisor who is married realizes they have a crush on somebody on their team and they come to you and say, you know, there's an attraction here and I don't trust myself to stay in this situation. Can you separate us? What are your thoughts on that as somebody who who is running an HR program? Do you look down on somebody in that situation or do you applaud them for preventing something from happening? I'm going to applaud them for pre- preventing something from happening because whether whether I agree with it or not, um, that's going to happen. So if we are given an opportunity to do something discreetly that's in the, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's got to be in the best interest of the organization. And, and and its employees as a whole. So you can't kind of choose one person over another. But if that person's willing to come forward and work with the organization, then why not, right? It's not for me to judge what they're choosing uh, outside of work. If they're going to be discreet and we're going to respect their privacy and they're going to work with us, then so be it. But what can't about you the, just be yeah. like, keep your pants on? Like, well, that <laughs> goes without hard. saying. <laughs> that would be my first. Yeah. That would be my. That would probably be the first thing that comes to my mind. Not necessarily the first thing I'd say, mind you, but first thing that would come to mind. Like, come on, like, really, grow up. But, yeah. it, it, but this stuff happens, right? So, what about the woman, though? See, you, you know, I get that you, this guy, you want to applaud somebody for saying I'm attracted to this woman. We're on the same team. Can you help me out here because I can't keep my pants on? But what about that woman who's done nothing wrong, who might get demoted or moved to a department that she doesn't want to be at. She's worked very hard to get where she is in life. And all of a sudden, just because she's fabulous and, you know, attractive, uh, it affects her career. Well, this this assumes that she's in agreement with him coming forward and there's some sort of a... a, Oh. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. This is not a, oh, we're going to go move somebody just to accommodate you and your whatever thoughts and desires are today. That would make absolutely no sense whatsoever. But assuming they're both coming forward and saying, hey, we've got this challenge. Can you help us kind of work through this? 
Well, then you put some parameters around, you know, how there's professional conduct in the workplace and how they're going to handle that discreetly and what can we do to help in that regard to make sure that there isn't some sort of an impact on on morale, on their performance and on the on the rest of the team. That's putting a lot of trust in your HR person. And I know you would never break confidence, but I'm sure there are situations where people have come forward and said, hey, we're going to try out this affair. <laughs> Help us keep it on the DL. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it's all about trust, right? And um, it, it would be really disappointing if that was breached because that should be treated uh, as harshly as a breach of policy. A breach of trust, if, a, if that happens from anybody on your management team or anybody in your HR department, then that needs to be treated harshly. So I have a, a hypothetical, not so hypothetical question to ask you. Um, I have a friend who works in the government. Mm-hmm. No departments, please. Uh, and uh, so there was a, a, a gentleman who's married in, his, in her department, and he is having and clearly having an affair with a woman. Okay. who is in said department, okay. the, sa- the same department, actually. And they present themselves to be friends everywhere they go, but everybody knows that something's going on. And then at the Christmas party or at a staff get-together, he'll come and he'll bring his wife. And everybody sort of has to, everybody's in on the lie. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to say anything to the wife, but how do you call out this public relationship that he is pretending he's not having and he's trying to frame it like a friendship, but everybody knows that it's more than that. So at what point, I mean, it, it, my friend is, says that she is like uncomfortable mm. that she is now a, a keeper of his secrets. That's the key. What is the recourse here for anybody who sees this behavior? Because I feel like it affects morale. Yeah, absolutely it does. So the moment Oh, one more affects. thing. Hillary, it's not me. Okay, oh. go ahead. <laughs> well, you are fabulous. I would not surprise I am fabulous, but I'm not a home wrecker. I'm a lot of things, but I'm not that. All right, go, go ahead. I just felt like I needed to move on. <laughs> the moment it affects others in the workplace, whether it's because it's making them uncomfortable or it's affecting the workload or it's affecting the work performance... The moment it's affecting the workplace, then he needs to be spoken to. And there needs to be some parameters around that so that um, there's a middle ground there to make sure that everybody's comfortable. So my understanding is that he was questioned about the relationship, but still maintained that it was a friendship and and moved on. Wouldn't wouldn't even um, acknowledge that it was anything else and then didn't stop his behavior or change it in any way, shape or form because technically he wasn't doing anything wrong, Mm -hmm. even though, again, everybody knows. So I know this is very detailed and nuanced, but every day when, you know, when you see someone having lunch together and they're hanging out outside, you're like, what is going on? You're a married man. Uh, But is it like a flirtatious friendship where it never crosses that line or is there proof that, you know... Proof well, in the pudding, so to speak. Well, mm. I don't know. Is there if it was a flirtatious friendship and it was still making people uncomfortable, does it matter? Well, it that depends, right? So if the flirtatious relationship is outside of the workplace and now people are bringing it into the workplace and gossiping it about about it, well then they need to kind of just suck it up, really, because it's not back yeah. off. Yeah. It's not affecting it's not affecting the workplace at that at that point in time now it's just gossip and rumors right 
But if they're showing up uh, in meetings and there's this excessive amount of flirtatiousness in meetings, it's preferential treatment, I would imagine. Preferential treatment. Exactly. Right. It's about what's happening within the in within the workplace. Then that's something you need to call out. But if people are saying, oh, I saw them, you know, driving to whatever place in the car or they're sitting at a restaurant on a patio and that's not then transferring into the workplace, it's not a work event with anybody else, then that I think people need to just kind of move on. Yeah, and mind say, your okay, business. Enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I have some questions, Karen, about workplace assets. So we had a big scandal in London maybe a year and a half ago where our mayor <laughs> and our deputy mayor got busted having an affair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> By the way, when you said when you asked about the scandal, Karen's eyes lit up and so did mine, Hillary. Oh. And then called into question are all of these expenses, like when they were on work oh. away from home work events, they would have hotel rooms together and have meals together that technically could have been for business, but because it's well known that they were in the midst of an affair, all of those assets are now called into question. Mm-hmm. So how does that work? Well, then that's when you look at the broader suite of policies, right? So what's your code of conduct policy? What are your what's your expenses policy? How are you legitimizing that expense for business purposes? And if you're engaging in a in a in a business travel situation simply because it's an opportunity to get away with this other person, well then that needs to be called into question, right? But it, it really does stem around the code of conduct. And also, everything's got to be in context. I mean, it sounds like this one was pretty excessive and pretty out there. And, you know, if you're calling it scandal, then certainly there were some there was some truths to it. So. Well, they were both married and wow. one of them is no longer married. Oh dear. Which one, the guy or the girl? The guy is no longer married. And uh, the female stepped down from her deputy mayor post. She's now still working on city council, but not directly with the mayor. But he stayed the mayor? Yes. Wow, this story is getting better and better. (laughs) So how is this guy able to do anything with any credibility? Well, uh, the election is in October. (laughs) Oh, that's right. It's coming up. Oh, we'll find we out go. very soon. Karma. <laughs> Karma. Well, especially he ran on a on a platform of transparency and honesty. Wow. Oh, those are my favorite. That's those, great. The eh? ones that the ones that are very staunch about, you know, family values, transparency, mm. and honesty are always the ones that are the worst. Let's be honest. Yeah. Uh, I would run on a platform of shenanigans. So <laughs> <laughs> I am full of shenanigans, but exactly. I don't deny it. But that's exactly. basically Trump's platform, isn't it? <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, that's pretty much true. Um, <laughs> Karen, can a company make a policy or can a company make a no fraternization policy? Is that even possible and legal? Yeah, actually it is. It's, 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 it's a policy about relationships in the workplace and what are the parameters, right? So earlier I spoke about the security organization, right? Well, there are some what they refer to in, you know, uh, legal language as a bona fide occupational requirement to uh, divulge the relationship, any kind of relationship. So am I related to you? Am I great friends with you? Am I having a non-platonic, let's use the term non-platonic, not, uh, you know, a a sexual relationship, anything that's non-platonic that can be distracting that goes to a 
greater level of intimacy, um, whether there's there's a sexual relationship or not, it's a greater level of intimacy that can cause distraction that may create a situation where you're tempted to give preferential treatment for whatever reason. Yes, the answer is yes, you should have a policy on that, especially in today's day and age where we are so connected and the lines are blurred between work and play. And we're texting after hours, we're emailing after hours, we're on the phone after hours. It really does need to be outlined clearly what's acceptable and what's not acceptable in the workplace. So is it more of a declaration that you're in a relationship that most companies have? Or do people actually have a zero fraternization policy? I think in the right setting with the right requirements, you could say that you could have a declaration that we we do not... Uh, we do not support relationships in the workplace. Like the if there have to be parameters around that, right? So if you're in a security situation and um, you know the objectivity is absolutely required, you can say we we if you're in a relationship, you can't work in that job with someone else that you're in a relationship in. Now there may be a requirement to look for other positions within the organization that the employee can go to. That's why I always say it's always context dependent. So the answer is yes, you can say that in certain circumstances under certain parameters. Right. So if someone if they someone had that policy in their company, it might be that you can't be on the same team as somebody mm-hmm. you're in a relationship, but they'd have to find somewhere else for you. Mm-hmm. If if that's possible. Right. So if you come into that workplace, you've read and you've signed that policy and you know full well that's their policy and then something something develops. Right. You then divulge it. Well, you know that if there isn't another opportunity for that for that employer to be able to move you to another job, you know that at the end of the day, it may be a parting of ways that has to happen. So who decides which person loses their job? Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Like, how would that get determined? Would it be a decision made between the couple or would it be a decision made by HR? It would hopefully be a decision made by all parties, right? So first and foremost, if there is a power differential, the manager's going to go. Really? I would would assume that the the underling would go. Nope, manager's going to go. We should be holding managers to a higher standard. That, uh, uh, here, here. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They they are in that position. We have given them um, authoritative power in the organization. And with that comes responsibility. And with responsibility comes, hey, you know what? You if you you've chosen to take a certain uh, to, to act in a certain way, then we're going to hold you accountable to it. But from a company standpoint, wouldn't a manager be more valuable? Potentially. In many cases, they would likely argue yes. And, you know, from, a, from an HR perspective, I'd be saying, hang on a minute here. What example are you sending to the rest of the organization? What are you saying to the rest of your leadership team that, a, that, that are being held to a higher standard, that are respecting that higher standard? What are you saying to all of the other employees that when you give someone power in your organization, that no matter what, you've got their back and you don't have your employees back? 
that is a perfect storm for an unhealthy morale. Um, in the wake of the Me Too movement, have policies been changing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I that's think what people I are think. reading them now. <laughs> yeah. People are paying closer attention to them now. Um, and I think that there's more dialogue happening in the workplace and frankly, outside of the workplace, right? People are thinking twice now when they're going to workplace events. They are, um, there's a greater awareness, although probably not to the level that it needs to be still. There's, there's, there's still a lot of room to grow in that area, but there's a lot more awareness about uh, consent, about paying closer attention to body language and people's reactions to check in and say, hey, did what I just say uh, have an impact on you in any way, shape, or form that has caused you some discomfort. People are now checking in, and they're a little bit more nervous, frankly, which, hey, you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being a little bit more cautious and a little bit more nervous, especially when there's alcohol involved. Well, I was going to say Christmas parties are going to look a lot mm. different, aren't they? Mm. Who has Christmas <laughs> parties anymore? That's true. <laughs> yeah, we have we morning can't do breakfasts that. now. That's right. And there's never alcohol in our building either because right? you never know, right? Right. There's too much responsibility. And I know you're probably going to answer this one way because you're an HR person, but is there such a thing as overregulation? I think so. I think so. Well, I that's think, surprising that you would say that. Well, I think your policies need to be customized to your organization, customized to your culture. So there's a way to say something. You can slice or dice it six ways to Sunday, but it's got to be meaningful to the people in your workplace. You can get your message across in one sentence. You don't have to write five pages. So, yeah, can you overregulate? Can you take one situation and then you know, paint every situation with that brush, brush I'd argue that you shouldn't. I, I think you've got to look at something that's in the middle ground. And I think what's important is you need to really train your managers, your leaders in your organization on how to have those conversations. If you make your policy so strict, people are likely going to be more inclined to keep information from you because they know you're going to go straight down one road and only one road. But if you allow some flexibility for discussion and allow some flexibility for um, opportunity to discuss an exception and things that you can work through, then I think you're going to have a healthier morale and a healthier discussion. Karen Brownrigg, thank you so much for joining us on the Quick and Dirty podcast. Founder and CEO of IHR Advisory Services. You're amazing. Thank you. This was great. Yeah. When I hear this, by the way, Hillary, I'm amazed I've never been HR'd before. <laughs> yeah. It's only a matter of time, Sandra. Uh, Hashtag <laughs> me too. I mean... <laughs> Thanks, Karen. Thank you. I cannot imagine what it would be like to run a business with your partner and then go home and share a home with them at the same time and have all of those worlds collide. Please welcome to the Quick and the Dirty podcast, married couple, Danielle and Dion. Welcome. Welcome, guys. (laughs) It's, It's not something that we intended. 
It just happened. So do you guys actually meet at work? Oh, heavens no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, technically, yes. We met at your work. Well, because I was helping someone that evening, but okay. Yes. <laughs> so this episode of The Quick and the Dirty is all about relationships in the workplace. And yours is particularly interesting. We were talking before we got on the the line with you, Sandra. Dion and Danielle, they had a business opportunity kind of out of nowhere. They were already a married couple and uh, decided to grab the bull by the horns and make it happen. They opened a call center. I Obviously, nobody seems excited about this call center that you opened up. So you started this business together. The amount of work it must have taken just to get it off the ground must have been exhausting because you're probably 24-7 consumed with this. And then how do you separate the two? That's really what I'm interested in. How do you separate uh, personal and professional? Well, professional was on the main floor and personal was upstairs. <laughs> their business was in their home, Sandra. Initially. Initially. In the, oh, wow. Yes. So that is all your worlds colliding, really. Well, absolutely. But I think the big thing to remember about keeping things separate is work is work, personal is personal. And that's something that we can... We've always managed to do fairly well. I mean, we can even renovate a house together without killing one another. So That's uh, that's pretty incredible. You should be on the amazing race. That's, <laughs> that's the true test, isn't it? <laughs> it really should be. So when you decided to open this business together, how did you decide whose role was what in the business? Because there is a hierarchy in every business. How do you decide who does what? Danielle is very detail-oriented, very admin-oriented, whereas I'm the tech person. So it just kind of naturally went that way that all of the tech details uh, came to me and all of the admin stuff um, she handled because she's the smart one. (laughs) (laughs) He's too kind. Um, Actually, going back to one of our original rules and, again, citing working on the house together, you find out whose strength is what. And whoever the leader is, you follow and you do it without question. So when you have uh, some sort of argument starting on the floor, you take it outside of the floor and make sure that you respect the other person in their role. So with the president of the corporation... You have to respect the office. You right. may not agree with them, but you right. do have to support and respect the office. So, One of the funny things about, or the odd things, I should say, about working in a, uh, you know, an office of any kind is, uh, you know, you have to, you know, it's your God-given right to bitch about the boss. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, par- that's part of the fun of it all. How do you guys let off steam when the other pissed each other off or you didn't like the way, uh, I-, I get that you want to be respectful, but I mean, it's still so not traditional either. Heated conversations, but without being cruel. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, that's, and that's the way, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, you just can't fire off guns a-blazing because you can't take words back. Have you ever had like a throwdown? Because you you no. all seem very like happy no. and put together no. and like they can't be real. No. Oh no, we are real. This yeah. is us <laughs> yeah. for like 22 years. This yeah. is us. Ugh. Yeah, no, we, we, <laughs> we had a really good um, pre-marriage course that we went to that, that taught us how to fight clean. And um, that has definitely helped us uh, over the last 20 plus years. Um, One of the things that that definitely we took to heart was be careful of your words. We're we're both um, 
well versed in a lot of different words. So <laughs> be, being able to pull back a little bit and and know each other well enough to say, I can't talk about this right now. I need a bit of time. And the other person recognizing that, realizing that and accepting it. And, and initially in our relationship, that took a couple of years for both of us to get to that point. Um, especially when, when being a male, I tend to be, I want to, I want to fix it. I want to fix it. What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong? Just back off. <laughs> okay. Honey. Um, so, so being able to do that and, um, and then sit down later, um, that's not to say that there weren't the, the odd times where, uh, I definitely did something monumentally stupid and, and my poor wife lost her marbles, but, uh, <laughs> It was well deserved, you know, and 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 even though she uh, was quite upset and quite angry with me, she was very careful as well, and and just she would just simply state, "I am really upset with what happened. I'm not happy about it. Please don't do that again, or let's fix this." Yeah, I got to ask about you. You ran a call center, so I'm assuming that you had uh, employees. Yes, we did. How many employees? Uh, it vacillated between about fifteen and twenty three. How, because here, here's the thing about workplace relationships that has, I mean, I work with people who are married too, and I always feel that it's a little tricky because I, I have to remember they're married. So I can't bitch to one about the other because they, they're still married. So it, is there any discomfort at all for coworkers to know that you're married? Um, we didn't have that actually, because I effectively handled the HR and the, um, the employees. So I was very clear to them. He may be my husband, I may be married to him, but if he's crossed a line somewhere or if he's created right. something, I need to know about it and I need to know you will speak freely. And we really created an environment where people could do that. And you so could basically be- you're telling me you had the perfect business and nothing oh God, ever no. went wrong. Oh God, no. <laughs> we need some juice here. If things blew up <laughs> left, right and center, but I mean, at the at the heart of it, you had to know that things would sort out. Right. Did anyone ever complain to you about your husband, Dion? Yes. And how do you react to that? Uh, by being impartial, because I know him better than I know myself. So I know that there are moments where his, um, I don't know if I can say this on air, but his resting bitch face is fierce. <laughs> And I can relate. I got you on that and, one. Yeah. And our daughter picked it up. Let me tell you. But he he can come across as very angry quite often if you don't know him. And somebody will say, well, Dion said this to me and I took it really, really badly. And OK, so what exactly did he say? How did he say it? Right. Let's let's walk through this. And then I want you to stop and think. Right. And allowing people the voice to just mm-hmm. blast it out and get it off their chest. I mean, it's hard not to take something like that personally. Right. But how do you approach your husband and say, hey, yo, quit it with the bee face? Um, <laughs> kind of like that. Try and smile, hon. <laughs> Try and smile. You're scaring the, you're, you're, you're scaring the folks around you. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> now, I'm going to give you an opportunity now, Dion. Did you mm-hmm. have to, ever have to correct behavior in Danielle? Because I, w- I would imagine, like, if she's handling all the HR, even though you're partners and you're mm-hmm. both considered to be the boss, I would imagine maybe the employees get the idea that she's kind of at the helm because she's dealing with all of that stuff. So mm-hmm. did you ever get 
flack from your employees about her? No. No, she is that good. Oh, <laughs> very good. That's that's such a great answer that you would say that. Plus, she's, yeah. she's HR. Who complains about the HR person? Everybody. <laughs> <laughs> is that right? Oh, I didn't know that. Well, and, and I see that quite frequently in, in my office currently where, you know, people will complain about the boss. They will complain about the people that they work with. And, you know, unfortunately, in our internal hierarchy, we don't have HR. And if we did, man, their door would be, it, it would have to be a revolving door. So, right. you know, what about affection? Uh, you're married yes. and maybe mm-hmm. you have a cute moment at work mm-hmm. and uh, you want to plant one on him. Did you refrain from showing any kind of affection? He was oftentimes on the phone. <laughs> so <laughs> me planting one on him in between a, a headset might have right. been messy. Yeah. Um, but she usually just aimed for my bald spot and just, you know, planted one on the top of my head. <laughs> Um, casual affection, but we are affectionate regardless. So a, a casual touch, but I would walk by employees and put my hand on their shoulder. But I knew I could because I'd already asked them if they were comfortable with that. Right. So we really did try to get people to work as a team mm-hmm. and really understand that there are certain boundaries you don't cross. And Right. And what know. happens, so you're married. Yeah. Everybody's concerned about your relationship and what that means to work. But what happens when something blows up in your personal life and say there's something going on with your kids or your family and you're stressed out about that, how do you keep that from coming into the work environment? Because when stuff's on your mind, it's just on your mind. She was about seven when we opened this up, wasn't she? Something like that. Six or seven. So, yeah. yeah, And at that time, we had a, a few challenging moments at the school. But, I mean, while that blew up, the beauty of it is that Dion could step away for two hours and we could go to the school and raise hell. Right. Right. <laughs> and, and school was only two blocks away from our house. Um, Danielle's full-time job at her office was uh, downtown. Yeah. And so if something did happen at the school, then it was just a matter of uh, me messaging my staff and saying, okay, I've got to step away for a few minutes and put the headset down and, and nip over to the school and, and deal with it. You know, yeah. there's a couple of bumps on the head and stuff like that. So go over, check her out. Yeah, okay, you're fine. Go back. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but I want to know about the arguments, and I think that's where Hillary was going. I know, to. Yeah. but we're trying to get some. some you can't be perfect. No, we absolutely <laughs> yeah. are not perfect. But I think the problem too is we don't. We fight. We disagree, but we're not out to hurt each other. I mean, both of us are fairly emotionally intelligent. Mm-hmm. So I. Th- I think what winds up happening is it makes for a very boring podcast. I'm sorry. (laughs) Well, no, I mean, listen, Danielle, when I argue with my husband, uh, in fact, we had an argument last night and I went to bed all huffy. Mm -hmm. uh, And today, I'm not really mad about it today, but I'll probably hold a grudge for two more days (laughs) uh, just for sport. Uh, No, I I kid. But seriously, I'll hold a grudge for a couple of days and it takes me a couple of days to shake off an argument with my husband. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine going in the next day, putting that aside, being professional and then and when we leave going, I'm still mad at you. Have you ever had a day like that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, and just like working out of the house with anybody else. I mean, you you just said your your husband ticked you off. You were mad at him. You're at work. You're still mad at him, but you're you're doing your thing. You're being professional. It's it's the same kind of idea whether you're in the house or not. Um, we we had the the benefit, I guess, that um, we weren't literally working together all the time 
but uh, we ran the business together. So we had the time apart where she was at her office and, and I was at, in the home office mm-hmm. or later on in, in the actual office. Um, so we, we had some of that time to cool off. Yeah, we and, had our separation uh, points there. Yeah. Do you get sick of always, uh, I know you love each other and I know you would love to spend as much time as possible with each other, but like, do you ever get sick of each other when you're in that situation? Like, I need a night off to not talk about work and not talk about home. Yes. Yes, because I'm I'm the person that needs to be by myself to regenerate. So I would say, okay, I'm going out. Good night. <laughs> you deal with it. Yeah. And, and sometimes you have to. But by the same token, he was able to say, you know what, I just need to shut down, plug into my computer and not do anything right. family related. And he was given the same opportunity. Now, you know your partner so well. Like, clearly you are tuned into each other you understand each other's personalities now we all have little traits in our partner that kind of take us off and those will go both <laughs> in the home environment and in the work environment yes did you ever look at each other when someone reacted to something and go typical like you see behavior at home that's kind of annoying and then they react to the same the same sort of way yes you don't like that would be my problem i couldn't give my partner the benefit of the doubt in a situation because I'd be like, well, history would say uh, yeah. this is how you react. Right. Well, and see, and that was that was my biggest problem um, inside this environment is Dion tends to be extremely charitable. So he will give people the benefit of the doubt. And I'm looking at him going, uh, no, no, this is absolutely <laughs> not the time you give them the benefit of the doubt because I've got a file folder on this person. And this is their ninth offense. No, we don't do that now. And, you know, but again, still looking for that that equilibrium inside it's so of things. It's so interesting hearing you guys talk about each other because you, she's, I mean, it's just interesting being a part of this. She's described you as this, like, you've got this rough exterior that's like, kind of harsh and people get nervous about it but the truth is you're a softy yeah. and you probably put up that exterior so people don't take advantage uh, that could have been it yes. yeah yeah and yes. then he paints you as this beautiful charitable loving wife and you see yourself as like kind of hardcore and badass and i am she, yeah don't, <laughs> and don't, i am don't get on her bad side how can i love you from 400 kilometers away from you but i completely love oh, you right now you smell fantastic right back at you darling thank you so much listen i used to work with a couple i talk about a couple that i work with in the, the building now but many many years ago when i first started in radio i worked with a married couple i did uh, the afternoon uh, oh, I shouldn't even say who they are. But um, she was my boss. She worked a different shift than me. She was my boss, and I worked directly with her husband every day. And they were, it's like the cutest couple I've ever, ever. Like, they were so adorable. But they would each tell me the same story, but with their slant. Mm-hmm. And I would be in the middle of it. And, like, he would be like, you'll never guess what my dopey wife did with the dog. <laughs> and then she'll be like, you'll never guess what my dopey husband did with the dog. And I'll hear two completely different stories. And I always used to kind of feel like I was, I just shut my mouth and listen and be, uh, you know, admire how adorable they were. But at the same time, I still had to manage that. Mm-hmm. Because they were both married, and I found it 99.99% great, but there was always a part of me that was on, on guard. On tender hooks, mm-hmm. because you're afraid of what you might say, and that I Precisely. completely understand in the um, office environment I'm currently in now. Um, the team that I work with has a husband and wife heading us up, and they're phenomenal. Um, 
and amazing people to watch work together as a couple. And they've they've divided their assets in terms of, of what they do behind their desks. Mm-hmm. And she is HR and management and all that kind of stuff. And, and he is basically the team lead and the head of the corporation. So very familiar to me. But I will, I will say this. When they disagree, it is volatile and it is extremely uncomfortable and loud. <laughs> is it like um, getting a a view into their home relationship? Do you think they handle that home relationship in the same way? I don't think so. I think their home relationship is very sacred to them. When they're in the office, there are so many things that they cannot account for. They cannot account for the client that didn't show up. They cannot account for um, misunderstanding new software. They cannot account for those things Mm -hmm. inside the office, whereas they don't have that at home. But I do question whether or not they carry that home. Right. Ah, yes. And that's mm. that's the balance. Part. It is. It is indeed. So now having run your own business and being a couple together, how would you have felt had employees of yours gotten together at the office? Like, how would you manage rules of employees dating and being social when you're bringing your marriage into work? Does it affect your job? Yes or no. If it affects your job, don't do it. If you can continue to work with this person or we'll put you on separate shifts or we'll do something along that line to maintain the integrity. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, Dion and I aren't fighting in the office, so you shouldn't be either. Yeah. Yeah. We our behavior was <laughs> the flagship. Yeah. Yeah. I'd never brought any of that verbally into the office. I was I. I never talk about, oh, my wife was doing this. No, she just frustrated me or whatever. It's mm-hmm. that That's my personal life. I don't bring that to the office regardless of where the office is. Yeah. Um, right. We actually had uh, a couple of people on our team who were exes. Yeah. Um, and They had children together. Yeah. And they worked together. Yeah. I can't. I can't. Holy cow. So <laughs> oh my God. what we wound up doing with those two is we tried to very carefully, only slightly overlap their shifts. Now, they were still friendly, but they had their contentious moments. But we also had them both work from home, which <laughs> kept them separate until we got together for staff meetings. So right. That kept it nice and clean. How did you handle your daughter? Because your daughter, you said, was about seven about when seven. you had the business. Mm-hmm. You're working out of your home. Mm-hmm. Seven-year-olds, you can kind of control them, but not all the time. So what happens when daughter's losing her mind and you're trying to work? And how did you manage that sort of situation? Because sometimes kids just want your attention, right? I used to, Dion would drop her at school and I would pick her up every day. So because I don't drive, I would walk her home from school and we would take that time and we would talk about her day. So if she had to unload, we used that time. So there was never a wasted minute in a day. It was crazy. And there was never an issue with like the employees hearing stuff going on upstairs or... Only if Sesame Street got too loud. Seriously. (laughs) I mean... Okay. So what I'm taking away from this podcast is I'll never have a relationship as well functioning as Dion and Danielle. I'm sorry. (laughs) You can aspire. Uh, I think we all aspire to be somewhat like you. What about vacations, guys? Just quickly. Uh, Do you take separate vacations? Vacation? Huh? 
Okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, and that's the other part. That's the other thing about starting your own business is that uh, you're working that business nonstop. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And especially with something like a call center, which at that point was t- live, twenty four by seven. So yeah. we. I get it. Yeah, we were absolutely on all the time, and it was exhausting. And our tempers were short. And yeah, you know what? We did snipe at each other. But the reality is you've got to recognize where that's coming from. And it's a choice whether or not to take it personally. Of course, um, I take I don't even work with my husband, but I take a separate vacation once it once a year away from his face. (laughs) (laughs) Even but it's I just I just find that hilarious because, again, I don't work with him. I don't see him nearly as often as you guys do. And I need a break from him for a week, once one week a year. Uh, So I commend you guys for being able. Obviously, you're the perfect couple. Hillary, you found the perfect couple. We should we should do another podcast (laughs) called the perfect couple and and highlight these two. Yeah. I'm, I'm or so, they give so other excited. couples marital advice. Oh, That's right. good gods, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would last about uh, 15 minutes. Be nice to each other. Um, be polite. and you know, Be kind. Be Please kind. and thank you. Yeah. And never take your partner for granted because they work just as hard as you do. It must be just so strange. Like, you were in charge of technical stuff, Dion. Mm-hmm. When... Crap hits the fan and things go down. How do you not be like, why can't you fix this? Uh, I was. I was. But um, that also comes from my inability to understand the technology. Right. And I'm still working to understand the technology. If I can run my laptop, I'm I'm, I'm really good. I, just, I don't understand how it never escalated or it, it didn't seem to. But I guess you just don't take those moments of anger personally when it's in a business environment. We just try not to take them personally. Yeah. You know? um, Prefacing things by saying, I'm angry. I'm not angry at you, but I am angry. Right. Yeah. That's that's the key, right? Or I am angry at you, but here's why. Right. You know, and not not just not just <laughs> You're too perfect. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> All right, I'm out. <laughs> I feel like so petty now, just to hearing the way you guys describe your marriage and the rules that you have. I mean the rules. I mean you're just nice people. <laughs> That's that should be a given. But then I think about the idiotic fight I had with my husband last night and I feel like trash right now. <laughs> no, don't do that. Because at the end of the day, we've had years. We had we were friends for years before we started dating. And we got to know each other and grow together. So, I mean, we've been really fortunate to actually learn the lessons that we've we've learned and to be able to to work together. But I know damn well that my husband loves going to work every day. And I think Mm -hmm. that that is is so important for him and for me, for us to have our time apart. I couldn't imagine not taking a vacation with him because there's just so many experiences I want to have with him. Right. Okay, so you get home, and whatever, you have the perfect marriage, and you're so good in business. Let's take the other angle. You're working together, you get along, you're home together, you get along. What do you talk about in your off hours? Like, when you work together and you live together, like, I don't live in the same city as my partner, and sometimes we have a hard time making conversations. So, (laughs) like, at the end of the day, she knows what happened in your day. To a degree, to a degree, degree, she, um, Danielle didn't always get to hear the other side of the phone calls that I was on. Um, She didn't always get to hear all of them because, again, she had her her own full-time job that Mm -hmm. she was doing in addition to and her own separate business. I mean, the woman is a a serial business person here. Um, But so there was enough 
difference outside of the call center that she still had her day to tell me about. And you never got bored of that? Uh, no, because she's got some weird clients. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but every, and the truth does, is stranger you know, than fiction in my world. You can't days. believe you can't make this stuff up. Seriously. So the reality is, you deal with the drama. You don't own the drama. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. You're that sounds healthy. Yeah. yeah. You're a rock. You're a rock in the middle of the stream. The drama is the water. Just let it flow, baby. Yeah. Just let it flow. <laughs> and and the other thing too is is we both appreciate the the comfortable silence. Yeah, we we can just sit there together and hang and, out, read and a hang book. out, read a book. You know, play on our iPads individually, or you know, just have a movie on and 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 watch the movie. Um, we're not neither of us is really uh, a, a chatty person, aside from what you might think during the podcast. Here, we we do tend to enjoy our silence together or our silence apart, however it may end up being, mm-hmm. but. We can also then converse and chat about stuff, um, so it 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 works well. You know, we d- we don't have that kind of relationship where one person is the talker and they always must talk and you must answer because they're talking and they want a response. It's 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 not that way, right? You know, yes, uh, I am more often the quiet one, but it's it's. Um, Do you think it gave you common ground? Like, I I think about my relationship with my boyfriend, and he's like all sports and football and hockey, and I could care less. Oh, sister, I'm with you. (laughs) I'm so with you. (laughs) Yeah, my poor wife is feeling it right now. Um, Our our daughter is uh, heavy into TV and film, and so with my tech experience and and my interest in TV and film uh, from the broadcast and production side of things, we're talking about things and we're using the the technical jargon in the short forms and, and poor Danielle's over there going, um, okay, <laughs> whatever that is. <laughs> but by the same token, sorry, Hillary, by the same token, Illy and I will talk about emotions and Dion will go, what What's are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it takes two different kinds of people. You managed to make this business in your own homework. I don't know how you did it. Sandra, do you have anything else to add? Yeah, I just want to ask you guys for your final thoughts and advice for anybody who's thinking of uh, taking the plunge like you, starting a business together, or they're considering working with their spouse. What one piece of advice would you give uh, to them first, Danielle, and then Dion? How's that? I would suggest try to hang wallpaper or horizontal blinds first. If you can't do that without (laughs) killing each other, don't open a business together. Sage advice. Dion. What she said. <laughs> I think his answer is she's always right. No. God, no. It, it, Guys, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. We really appreciated it. I mean, we would have liked a little more drama, but whatever. Uh, yeah. well, we'll, we'll try to find something next time. <laughs> okay, would you? Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you. This episode is over, but the conversation doesn't have to be. Follow Hillary and Sandra on social. Instagram at Hillary on Air at Sandra Kiss 1053. Twitter at Hillary Welch at Sandra Kiss 1053. And on Facebook at Quick and Dirty Podcast. Got a question? Email Hillary and Sandra, the quick and the dirty at gmail.com. Don't forget, you can download the podcast each week to your mobile device to listen offline. Find The Quick and the Dirty on the FrequencyPodcastNetwork.com, iTunes, or wherever you download your podcasts.